Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in Tuesday edition of the show. So glad to have you with us. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Tuesday is here. The heat is for sure here. It was muggy last night even, and I think going to pick up even through the week. So be careful. I saw lots of high school sporting events have been canceled. Other events have been postponed until a little bit later in the evening. So a lot going on for sure, and uh, the weather not making it easy on the kickoff of fall sports here in southern Indiana. Let's look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, we've got news and headlines of the day here in this opening segment on Tuesday. Later in the show, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier will join. We will dig in with Mike on IU Basketball. Recap the Fan Fest, a little bit more coming out of the weekend, although unfortunately we're not talking about a scrimmage or anything on the court with shooting contest or slam dunk contest. It's all pretty much, uh, I don't know, off-court stuff for sure based on an NCAA rule change that happened really late that kept the players uh, from participating in any kind of contest or event on the actual playing floor. But we'll talk about that. We'll get into the IU roster for next season. Uh, We'll also talk IU football because we are headed in to week zero of college football. The season is almost here. Uh, For, of course, NFL games, there was a great Monday night football preseason game on last night. And with high school football, week one in the books, we'll look at week two coming up as well. Lots to get to. But Mike Schumann today with us in segment two. And then we'll look ahead to week two of high school football in our third segment today. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Let's get into the Thornton's text line. A reminder, that number always open. 502-414-1450. 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. You can send in questions, comments. It can be on IU stuff. It can be on local stuff. Uh, no matter what you have, send it to us. We'll do our best to get it on the show here in this Tuesday edition of the program. Let's get into some headlines. Oh, I need to remind you, especially with how hot it is outside, if you're looking for an icy, cold, thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come by today, grab a fountain drink from Thornton's, and send us a text 
on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Now let's get into our headlines. Indiana football standout Jalen Lucas. It's his second season with the Hoosiers, and he is getting all sorts of preseason recognition. He's been named a preseason first-team All-American by Sports Illustrated, also by CBS Sports as well. And he's on both All-America teams as a kick returner coming off a season where he had two return touchdowns, the most in FBS football, but lots of of honors for him. Uh, There's no question about that. They continue to roll in even as the start of college college football uh, arrives here for sure. Uh, But uh, definitely... Um, he's going to be a key. Uh, I think we all know that. I think that there's a lot of unknown, but one of the things to me not unknown about this team is Jalen Lucas, his talent, and uh, perhaps who he could be uh, as his career at Indiana continues. So uh, he is going to be fun to watch and see what he can do this year. Regardless of IU's win-loss totals, I think that he is going to be an exciting player, game in and game out to watch. And again, when you think about a guy like him, healthy, staying healthy is going to be such a key for him and really for Indiana this season. Jumping over to the basketball side of things, we told you yesterday it seems like on a regular basis this time of year, uh, information and news popping in about future visits in the fall. During football season, it's a big time for the IU coaches to wine and dine and bring in some of these key 2024 recruits that they are after. Austin Schwartz, he's a four-star shooting guard. He has rescheduled his visit. He'll now be in Bloomington on September 15th, uh, according to the Daily Hoosier. He was initially set for this past weekend, and it ended up being a dead period. Alex Bozich mentioned this last week, another kind of late change by the NCAA, changed some things in the recruiting calendar, and guys already had visits scheduled, things set. So he had to switch that up. He'll be in Bloomington on September 15th as opposed to this past weekend. He's got a lot of visits set up, does Austin Swartz. He's got Miami coming up uh, this weekend, Georgia early September, Florida State also in September, Connecticut in mid-September, Virginia Tech in late September, and of course right in the middle of all that, he's got got a visit set with Indiana as well. Pretty sure he's already been to Clemson and Tennessee as well. He's got a final eight, Miami, Clemson, UConn, Florida State, Notre Dame, Georgia, Virginia Tech, and Indiana. Schwartz, six foot five, 195 pounds. He is out of Concord, North Carolina, and uh Got a, received a scholarship offer from the Hoosiers back in April. So uh, he is somebody to pay attention to, somebody to know as 2024 recruiting takes a turn toward the fall and the college football season with all the visits that are forthcoming at Indiana. Of course, a lot of people watching Liam McNeely. His visit set for September. Could that be the first commitment for Indiana in some time? Uh, A lot of people think that this is kind of a confirmation visit for him coming back with his family to meet with the coaches one more time and see the campus. But we'll see how it plays out. Indiana in play for a lot of different key guys in the class of 2024. Uh, Yesterday, and I guess Friday as well, we talked about Mike Woodson receiving an annual raise 
of $1 million uh, uh, per season through his uh, contract, which he signed back in 2021, which uh, I believe keeps him in Bloomington through the 26-27 season. We talked about the league, and uh, he's third highest in the Big Ten and 10th in the country as far as his salary as a college basketball coach. A couple other people said, hey, you mentioned Tom Izzo was the top of the Big Ten Conference. I think some people were surprised Brad Underwood was second in the Big Ten, that Illinois pays their coach $4.6 million. But uh, some of you said, "Who? where do some of the other coaches rank? Well, Izzo is first, $6.2 million. He's the longest tenured and most successful coach currently in the Big Ten Conference. He signed a new five-year rolling contract that pays him approximately $6.2 million in comp- uh, compensation, total compensation per year back in the summer of 22. Underwood, $4.6 million. Uh, after Mike Woodson and his deal, uh, his latest deal, he uh, would be Kevin Willard, a fairly new coach at Maryland who's got a great background in college basketball. Coach Willard is at $3.9 million per season as he enters his second year in College Park. But a lot of people wanted to know, where's Matt Painter at? Well, Matt Painter would come in fifth in the Big Ten Conference, uh, right behind Willard and two spots behind Coach Woodson. Purdue pays their coach $3.55 million per season. So that's the top five in coaching. After that, Wisconsin, Greg Gard, he's tied with Matt Painter at $3.55 million. Then Chris Holtman. This one surprised me a little bit. Chris Holtman behind uh, Purdue and Wisconsin at $3.5 million. So not far behind, but a little bit behind. And then Nebraska, Fred Hoiberg, he's right there with Holtman. He makes $3.5 million uh, per year. Here's another one that surprises me. After Penn State's new coach, Mike Rhodes, who's at $3.4 million, Jawan Howard, $3.31 million in the Big Ten Conference. And the last place winner as far as financial uh, compensation goes in the Big Ten Conference, Ben Johnson at Minnesota. He is making $1.95 million per season as the coach of the Golden Gophers. So that's a rundown basically of the Big Ten Conference and where things stand. But uh, Mike Woodson in Indiana, I think about where they should be at third as far as highest pay is, highest paying programs in the Big Ten Conference. One other Big Ten note, Rutgers men's basketball player Jeremiah Wilson has been charged with tampering related to records uh, with the Iowa Division of Criminal Investigations probe into sports gambling that was broken by the Des Moines Register. Williams transferred from Iowa State to play for uh, Rutgers earlier in the offseason. He never played for Iowa State last season due to an injury, but all of this comes in the wake of several Iowa and Iowa State athletes having having charges filed against them for, I guess you'd say, tampering and betting while underaged. So, Interesting, for sure. One other Big Ten note, Michigan football coach Jim Harbaugh, 2023 suspension status, adjusted again. You know, he was going to miss some games. Then he wasn't going to miss some games. Now he's suspended for three games. So a lot going on with him trying to keep up uh, with uh, his issues with Michigan and the NCAA. But, uh, yeah, that thing in Iowa that the newspaper there has put together – Uh, with some Iowa Hawkeyes and also Iowa State athletes 
Very interesting. Guys betting on their own games, underage, logged into FanDuel, DraftKings, like accounts under parents and other folks uh, and their identities. Going to be interesting to see how that one plays out for sure. Had somebody yesterday said, Matt, you talk so much about the return of fall sports. You've given football a lot of love as always. You talk volleyball as well. We know that's really good in southern Indiana. But don't forget soccer also underway. And I saw a big one last night in boys' soccer, New Albany, with a big win at Silver Creek. And uh, that, of course, was played on the field at the new Hunter Station Pizza Stadium on Monday night. So New Albany and Silver Creek able to get that game in despite the heat. Going to be interesting to see. I've seen some soccer games. They've been postponed. Some have had the JV portion of the games canceled, and that allows them to push the varsity game back a little bit later in the evening. But uh, New Albany, a big win over Silver Creek to start the season uh, last night for nothing. The Bulldogs a victor. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line. You can send a question, a comment on anything you want to know. Speaking of New Albany, new coach Jason Jones, who comes to New Albany from Kansas is at the high school teaching and I'm sure getting some early work done with his Bulldogs team for the upcoming season. I know he had a meet and greet opportunity over the weekend and was told 40 or 50 fans came out to greet Coach Jones to welcome him to New Albany as he takes over that basketball program. Of course, we had Coach Jones on the program oh a week or so ago, shortly after he was approved as the new coach by the New Albany Floyd County School Board. But he is here and ready to lead the Bulldogs and got a chance to meet some of the season ticket holders and other faithful fans, I understand, over the weekend. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. Mike and I will talk IU basketball and recruiting We'll talk IU football as well. Plenty of things to get to. We're in week zero of the college football season. Some interesting games ahead this weekend to kick off the season. And, of course, we're almost a week away from IU's extremely tough opener as they take on Ohio State. What a tough game, a tough start to the season for Tom Allen and the football Hoosiers. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back with Mike Schumann. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Tuesday edition of the program. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier is my guest. Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Mike, we've got to start with some college football today because week zero is here, which is an early preview, an early uh, portion of the season. Uh, anything stand out to you as a big game you can't wait to watch to get your college football viewing started for this 23 season? 
Not too much, Matt. I'll, I'll tell you, I'm kind of laser focused on, on getting uh, ready for Indiana's kickoff, so I haven't focused on it as much. I, I remember uh, talking to Tom Allen about that last year, kind of the, the week zero concept. And if, if folks remember last year, Indiana had that unique opportunity to kind of sit back and um, watch Illinois play a game. Uh, be- before they played them the next week in, in I guess, what we can now call week one. Um, you know, it's, it's not the same. I think IU and Ohio State are coming into to week one kind of on the same footing this year. So that, that to me, a year ago was kind of a unique aspect to it because it, it actually gave Indiana a chance to do kind of a live scout uh, against Illinois, and Illinois didn't have that, that same look at Indiana. So whether or not that actually – Played into Indiana being able to pull off that win that, you know, I think in retrospect looking at how the 22 season played out, you know, I, I think we'd call that an upset. So that, that to me, looking at this uh, so-called week zero stuff might be the most interesting aspect of it. I know a lot of uh, folks in Indiana follow Notre Dame, so that's obviously a, an aspect of, uh, of week zero as well. So, um, you know, it seems like one of those things, you know, you always, try to find new ways to, to make uh, college football and sports in general interesting and new and it uh, seems like uh, this, this week zero might be here to stay and so um, you know I guess eventually we'll be talking about an IU game in week zero. <laughs> I tell you what I, are, are there any Big Ten teams that get their start this weekend? I was looking at the full schedule I think the first Big Ten game is August 31st Nebraska at Minnesota. Yeah, that, I'm looking at it right now as well, and I, I do not see any Big Ten action on uh, this this Saturday. I think the the closest thing that that, like I said, fans might be interested in is Notre Dame at two thirty, and that game's in Dublin, Ireland. So that that's interesting in and of itself. And I guess if you want to talk Big Ten, it's still not natural for me to think about it. But USC also plays on, on Saturday. They host San Jose State next year. That'll be a "Quote unquote Big Ten game, or at least a Big Ten team playing." So, um, if folks want to take a one-year sneak peek ahead to what USC might look like, I guess you can do that at eight o'clock on Saturday night. Yeah, see, I looked at that Week Zero schedule, Mike, and USC playing went right over my head. It's going to take a while to realize <laughs> this new Big Ten conference. Yeah, and who knows? By by this time next year, we might be talking about more teams in the Big Ten. Exactly. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, my guest. Mike, let's stay with football and talk about IU. You know, earlier today I was going through Jalen Lucas and a number of the big preseason honors that he has received. I think keeping him healthy is going to be so important for this Indiana program. As you look across all the unknown with IU football, it's hard to see how he doesn't have the setup for just a really big second year in Bloomington. Yeah, no, no doubt about it that he is, you know, he is in the minds of the, the coaching staff in terms of, you know, Tom Allen has used the, the, the phrase pitch count, um, not, not to limit his touches, but they've kind of got a minimum amount of touches in mind for him going into games, and that will include kickoff returns, punt returns, uh, running out of the backfield, lining up in the slot and catching passes, catching passes, you know, lined up out of the his running back spot. You name it, but they are going to try to find a way to get the ball in Jalen Lucas's hands. Um, you know, he is 
he's listed at five nine one seventy. I might believe the one seventy part. I'm not so sure about the five nine. Um, but 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 he's the point being he's not a big guy, and if he's going to take a lot of hits, you, you do you do worry about whether or not he can stay on the field and stay healthy throughout the course of an entire season with that many touches and that, and that many hits. He, he is very good at eluding contact, so I think he's got that going in his favor. But nevertheless, it's going to be a challenge, and and I do think you know they're they're going to use him in in a lot of creative ways. I I suspect they're going to you know. Put him in motion, um, you know. Really create opportunities for diversions where defenses are saying, "Okay, where's twelve? We got to keep our eyes on twelve, and then they go somewhere else uh, with like a you know a Cam Perry or a quarterback option, that sort of thing." So there's a lot of different ways that they can use him that doesn't necessarily always entail him taking hits, but but he's he's coming into this season with a lot of eyes on him, which is pretty fascinating in and of itself. I think people know his story. Um, he was a Tulane commit uh, up until December of 2021 and was a late flip to Indiana. Uh, they kind of discovered him late and, and moved in there and was really his main uh, power five uh, option. So it, it's fascinating how he's turned from that to a freshman first-team All-American and now kind of on the radio, radar of everyone across college football. Talking with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. Mike, as we inch closer to the start of the season, I mentioned the unknown about IU football, but obviously excitement there as well. Um, A big start for IU, and I I know that you can kind of take Ohio State out of that conversation when we talk about a big start. That's going to be an extremely tough game for the Hoosiers. But a big start early on in the season I think is important for this team as we look at the schedule There are games like the Akron game and the Indiana State game that, given the layout of the schedule for this team, if they want any hope of success, any hope of bowl eligibility, those are games they cannot slip up on. Those are absolutely must-wins on the schedule. Yeah, the the minimum, no doubt about it, is to start the season 2-2. and If you don't do that, then there's going to be all kinds of uh, hand-wringing and calls for Tom Allen's job and anything else you can think of um, because of, like you said, the two of the first four games are Indiana State and Akron at home. Um, You absolutely have to get those two. And if you want to be an optimist and talk about, you know, things like bowl eligibility, you probably look at the Louisville game, which is going to be, you know, it's not obviously not a home game for Indiana, but it's, it's certainly not a road game either at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. They, they should have a, a good crowd there on, on a neutral field um, and, and an opportunity uh, against the Louisville program that, that you know your, your listeners know well has a new head coach and might still be finding their way under Jeff Brom. Um, I think everybody expects that to eventually go well, but will it go well in the first few weeks of the season? I think that's open for debate. Um, so yeah, you definitely got to get Indiana State and Akron, and then you know you look at the the, the there's just those games that are going to shape every season for Indiana, uh, like a Louisville, like a Maryland, like a Rutgers, like an Illinois, Michigan State, and Purdue. Those those are the ones that that you know if if there's something here, and it's not just like it has been the last two years, but if there's a little magic in this Indiana season somehow, some way. Those are the games that you got to figure out, but it, it all starts, as you said, with Indiana State and Akron. Talking with Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, IU football, the conversation. Mike, this comes up about every day, every other day on the show. 
Anything at all to report on the quarterback situation? Who could be the starter against Ohio State? No, we we get Tom Allen tomorrow via Zoom, so of course that's probably going to be the the first thing he's asked, and you know we'll probably find a few different ways to to ask him questions about it to see if we can get anything out of him. I mean, I know he's dug in on on not announcing anything until you know, or really not announcing anything at all, just you know causing us all to wait until the the offense runs out on the field against Ohio State. Now, of course, it'll. You know, it'll be obvious at a minimum during pregame warm-ups for Ohio State who's taken the snaps with the, the number ones and things like that. Um, and, and most likely, you know, we'll, we'll, things will leak out and we'll, we'll start to have a good idea. But, you know, I can tell you based on watching practice, based on watching a scrimmage, um, it, it just looked very even to me. I mean, these are two guys that, are both redshirt freshmen. I think they have something like a combined 10 college football snaps between them. Um, so just no experience there. They, their skill sets are very comparable to me. We're talking here about Brendan Sorsby and, and Taven Jackson. I, I, you know, I might give a slight edge on, on arm talent to Sorsby, but I might give a slight edge to, to, you know, overall, like, you know, athleticism and running ability to Jackson. And I wouldn't say there's a whole lot, distinguishing the two of them um, in either regard. Uh, so it's not like, oh, wow, Sorsby's got the big arm and, and Jackson doesn't. I'm not saying that at all. I think I think they're very close, just completely across the board. And when you watch them, uh, especially in the scrimmage, you, you watch them and, and you just don't see a lot separating the two. So, you know, I, I, I've said this on your show, I believe, and I've said it elsewhere. I, I still won't be completely surprised if they go with two quarterbacks against Ohio State. Uh, Allen has not said that. Um, he'll, he'll probably get asked that question tomorrow if, if, if there's no clarity. But um, I, I just think it's a situation where you've got guys that are completely unproven. Um, they're not separating themselves as best as I can see. And you got a game against Ohio State where you know there's no better way to throw somebody in the fire and just see how they're going to do. So... Um, it won't surprise me at all. I think Ohio State's talking. They might do the same thing. So this is almost like an exhibition game in, in some regards. And, and what Tom Allen and I, you won't say that I will say is you go into that game thinking you're not going to win it anyway, so why not see, see what you got at quarterback against elite competition and, and how they handle it. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, talking IU football. Uh, let's get into basketball now, Mike. Plenty to talk to there as well. Were you at the Fan Fest on Saturday? Boy, some really late changes thanks to the NCAA and some late rule changes by that governing body on what Fan Fest could look like and what exact role the players could participate in. I wasn't there. I had my intern, Owen Graham, go to, to just check out what was going on. Yeah, it did sound like it was a a pretty sudden late change of uh, plans by the organizers of that event. I'm not sure of all the, the details that went into that. Um, I think there was some stuff put out by the NCAA. Uh, when NIL first started to come out a couple of years ago, that suggested that that the um, teams couldn't have NIL events that were tied in with athletic competitions. So I'm guessing that there was some sort of uh, misunderstanding or uh, change in interpretation of, of what they put out that basically took away the opportunity to do things like a uh, 
scrimmage or three-point shooting contest or dunk contest at an, at an event that had to do with NIL. I think that's probably where it went south. Um, it, it looked like it was a very uh, poorly attended event, so I'm not sure if, if that was because, you know, the change of uh, plans with it. But um, nevertheless, anytime those guys have a chance to, to meet fans, sign autographs, uh, and make a little bit of NIL. I don't think it's a bad thing. So um, probably probably didn't go the way that they wanted it to, but um, it's still, a, I'm sure, a memorable event for the people that did go and, and get to meet the players. Mike, uh, some captains were named. I don't think any real surprises. Xavier Johnson and Trey Galloway will be the captains for this Indiana basketball team for the upcoming season. No surprises with that. I think that's probably if we had to guess who the players would select, who the coaches would want, it would be two guys, Xavier, because of his experience and uh, leadership. And, of course, Trey Galloway, he just exemplifies, I think, what a captain, what a leader, a coach on the floor, a hard-nosed defensive guy should be. And so it definitely did not surprise me to see Trey Galloway in that role for this season. Yeah, I, I agree. I think those are the two, if, if you ask people who they would think would have been picked, uh, those are definitely the two, just based on their experience, um, based on their, you know, they're, they're both expected to be starters on the team. I mean, you could throw Anthony Leo in there as well. I know he's really respected in the locker room and, and has a voice uh, with his teammates, even though he hasn't played a lot the last couple of years. But, but yeah, Galloway and Johnson, uh, it's it's always interesting with these guys because you know you, when you talk to them they're they're not super you know outgoing verbal guys at least with the media I, I know it can be different talking talking with the media versus what, what they're like when they're in the locker room and on the court with their teammates um, but but I, I wouldn't characterize either one of those guys as like super loud or or, or verbal but but they do they do have strong personalities and they are respected. And I think that's probably the most important thing. Um, you know, Johnson's changed a lot over the couple of years that he's been at Indiana that, that I've noticed he, he's really matured and he, and he really seems to have, you know, really ingrained himself in the program. He's really, you know, got the respect of the coaching staff and his teammates and Galloway's a coach's son. So he kind of, understands what the the staff is looking for and what's valuable from a leadership perspective in a way that's probably different than, than most players coming in that don't have the benefit of growing up around a basketball program like he did. So, yeah, I would agree. Those, those are logical picks, um, and, I, and I think IU will be well represented by those two. Mike, we saw the addition of a couple walk-ons, which was interesting uh, earlier this week. There still is a scholarship available for the upcoming season. Is it getting to the point where it's safe to say that will not be filled or in the way things seem to work now and as late as things go, is it still a possibility? Yeah, I know there's rules about, you know, you have to be enrolled in classes to to be on the roster by the, the, you know, would somebody? I know classes started this week, so would somebody have to be on the roster or, or enrolled to be on the roster for for the, at least the the first half of the season? I think there's a rule about that. I'm not positive. I, I should probably know that. But but whatever the case, we're obviously real late here in in terms of adding scholarship players. So it's looking more and more like they're they're going to go with the 12 that they got from a from a scholarship perspective and leave that one open. I mean, I. I you know, I've said all along, 
uh, since the season ended that, that I thought that they needed to add a, a you know a high volume scorer, specifically a high volume perimeter shooter, like a shooting guard type role. Um, and, and you know I think that they pursue pursued those players. You look at like a Dalton Connect out of Northern Colorado. Um, gosh, the, the names there's Nick Timberlake out of Towson. There was a lot of guys that they. They made legitimate pushes to get that would have filled that spot great. It, it just didn't work out. Um, so now it, it kind of it is what it is, and you got you know one extra spot to, to leave open for what appears to be a really talented 2024 class that they have a chance to to land a lot of good players. So you know you, you can't necessarily spin it and say well it, it's going to be fine because you know they've got an extra scholarship, but but at the same time. Um, while, while they may not have optimal roster construction this year, it, it does leave an opening for next year. So there, there's always you know multiple layers to this kind of stuff in this day and age. Mike, uh, the 2024 class is definitely fluid. The recruiting of that class, Liam McNeely, I think at the top of the list. There have been so many fall visits scheduled and players' names to keep up with as they begin to trim their list and make their favorite schools out. But take us through 2024 from McNeely on down as far as key guys that Indiana is involved with that you think the Hoosiers absolutely may have a chance to land here in the coming months. Yeah, I mean, I've been saying for for months now that I think McNeely is the most likely um, and, and he's coming back for a second official visit uh, in, in a couple weeks, September 8th through the 10th. Uh, w- what's really interesting to me is that he's taken the visit. You know, not only is it his second official visit to IU, um, which in and of itself, two official visits by a prospect from, from Texas or, or Florida, if you pers- wish to, you know, talk about his, his high school. In either case, that's a long trip. For a, a player and his family, you, you just don't see that. So I think it really stands out that, that he's doing it. But what really stands out is that, that he's being joined by someone that that he's told me personally is, is a good friend of his, Derek Queen, who's his teammate, who also visited last year, who's also from out of state. But these guys are are making this trip together twice, and, and they're good friends. I, I'm not saying that they're basing their decision on what the other one is going to do. Uh, but, you know, I, I'd say it's a very favorable fact pattern for Indiana just to have the opportunity to, to have these guys on campus together again. And and even more interesting, I'm sure people saw over the weekend, a third teammate of theirs, Curtis Gibbons third, a, a Memphis kid who also attends Montverde, uh, is the point guard for Montverde uh, with, with Queen and McNeil. He's also visiting that same weekend. So you got three Montverde kids taking official visits to IU September 8th to 10th. It's hard to overstate how significant of a weekend that's going to be for Indiana with just those three alone. Is this connection with Montverde just happenstance that they have so many good players year in and year out and Indiana's uh, watching those guys and recruiting those guys? Or has Indiana made an effort to really get connected with that program? Do you know how deep the connection to Montverde goes and maybe where that connection is for Indiana? Yeah, I'd say it's twofold. It, it started with uh, Kenya Hunter, who's the assistant coach at Indiana. He he was connected in with the uh, the staff very well when he came to IU, and so that's when they started to get involved with Jalen Hutchifino 
and some other people in Huchifino's class. So that, that even goes back to the, the Archie Miller era, because uh, people remember Hunter was hired by uh, Miller initially and then retained by Woodson. Um, but it was, you know, Woodson and Hunter and, and everybody else landing Huchifino as kind of step one. And then the success that Huchifino had at IU and his one-and-done season, you know, wasn't really expected to be a clear one-and-done, wasn't, you know, a clear uh, first-round draft pick in the NBA at, coming out of his freshman season. And, you know, that really catapulted the relationship, um, really showed people that, that Indiana was a place that you could come under Mike Woodson and, and really uh, have success the way that these Montverde kids are accustomed to. Because there, there's some crazy stat out there about guys that have played at Montverde, and I think there may be only one person in the last 10 years that hasn't you know, found their way to an NBA roster one way or another. So there's an expectation if you go to that program that you're going to be in, in the NBA. So, I mean, what's, what Woodson did with that one year with Huchipino is put Indiana's name in that conversation as, hey, this is one of the places you can do it, and oh, by the way, you can probably do it faster than you know a lot of people thought you could. Uh, and, and I think, you know, Huchipino's coming back to Bloomington, you know, I think next week, for a camp, he's been very outspoken, speaking positive about Woodson and the staff. Malik Renew was obviously a teammate of Hudjafino and has a really good relationship uh, with the staff, and obviously came back for a second year despite not starting last year. So I, I think there's a lot of signs out there. The point being that you know these kids are are having a very positive experience at IU under this staff. So everything is just growing in the right direction and now we're at this point with these two or three visits here in, in a couple of weeks where it's like now now indiana has a chance to really kind of put a stranglehold on that program and say okay this is you know it, it's been like a, a duke factory and a few other schools for, for in, in recent years it, it, it's getting to the point where indiana could be almost like a preferred school for that program which is obviously a great place that, that you want to be Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, with us Tuesdays on the show. Don't, for, don't forget to check out thedailyhoosier.com. Mike has all sorts of IU basketball and football updates consistently, and, of course, you can follow him as well at daily underscore Hoosier on social media. Mike is a great follow there as well. Mike, uh, week zeroes here. Enjoy hopefully a little college football this weekend, and uh, we'll be uh, reading the Daily Hoosier getting ready for week one, Indiana and Ohio State. Sounds great, Matt. Talk to you next week. All right, Mike with us Tuesdays on the show, and lots of ground covered today with IU football and basketball. We'll head to a quick commercial break. When we come back, uh, week two of high school football coming up on Friday night. Fingers crossed that heat allows everything to be played, uh, although I do expect some games to be bumped back a little bit later in the evening. I've seen that's already happening across the river for their Friday slate of games as well. Stay with us. Another segment coming your way. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. 
Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. Back with you here on this final segment of our Tuesday program, high school football in week two. I've got to go back to Charlestown. I think they're going to be involved in maybe the more interesting game of the week. The Pirates 1-0 after a 28-13 victory at Silver Creek on Friday will take on always strong Brownstown at Charlestown. It'll be the home opener for the Pirates. Brownstown a easy winner 42-6 over Corden in week one. So Charlestown, Brownstown, I think that's going to be another really good one in high school football coming up this weekend, at least the, the big game here locally. Uh, Clarksville was really, I don't think I mentioned Clarksville yesterday, but really disappointed to see 53-0. They lost to Scottsburg on the road Friday night. They will take on a West Washington team who uh, defeated Eastern Pekin and is 1-0 this week. So after some good years from Clarksville, you wonder what is next for the Generals. Can they have a mediocre season at best, or are they going to be uh, struggling to get victories at all this year? Floyd Central, they had a tough start, 0-1 after a 52-13 loss at Louisville St. X. They will host Terre Haute South this weekend. I noticed the Braves lost 32-12, 32-13, I should say, to Plainfield in week one. So kind of hard to gauge that one with uh, Floyd Central and St. X, that being such a tough matchup for the Highlanders. Jeffersonville, they open Hoosier Hills Conference play in week two. They will take on Seymour, who was defeated in a thriller, 51-49. The Owls lost to Greenwood. Of course, Jeffersonville was handled uh, easily by Whiteland over the weekend. New Albany, you talk about a tough start to the season. They were defeated 42-3 on the road at Franklin on Friday. Now they've got a Christian Academy of Louisville coming to Burke Field in New Albany on Friday night. That is a really tough start for the Bulldogs, that is for sure. And then Providence, uh, 1-0, one of two teams to get a win this past week. They take on Louisville Holy Cross. That should be a good game. It's going to be at Providence, and right now that one's set to kick off at 7 o'clock on Friday night. Uh, Silver Creek, they're at Salem. I want to make sure I mention the Dragons. They have an opportunity to bounce back after losing to the Pirates on Friday night, uh, Salem 0-1 on the season as well. They took it on the chin 35-7 at North Harrison on Friday night. So that is week one of the season. Chad Gilbert mentioned this yesterday, and I pulled up the Hoosier Hills Conference uh, standings, which really there are no standings yet because there have been no conference games just yet. That will change the I guess the Seymour and Jeff game is the first all-conference, meaning both teams from the Hoosier Hills Conference playing each other of the season. But looking at the results from over the weekend, from week one, uh, only one team in the Hoosier Hills picked up a victory, and it was Jennings County, a winner 41-25 over South Dearborn. Every other Hoosier Hills Conference team lost. Columbus East, who's been the standard of the Hoosier Hills Conference, they were manhandled by Bloomington South 45-10. Other scores that 
stood out. Bedford lost fairly close, 23-19 to Bedford. And we mentioned already all the local scores and some of the others. But you wonder what the football season's going to be like in the Hoosier Hills. If Columbus East is down, uh, which they could be if that Bloomington South score signals anything, it could be a different year for the conference and maybe a wide open year. So we'll see Jennings County, the only team to get a win in regular season. Are they uh, the front runner early on? It's hard to say that with what results we've seen so far, but uh, definitely kind of curious to see how the Hoosier Hills conference looks in football this year. That's going to wrap up our show for this Tuesday edition. Thank you so much for being with us. We do this show each weekday live at 11 a.m. Complete coverage of the Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You can always send us a text. The text line open 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. We'll be back with you Wednesday. Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star set to be with us. Also, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, to talk high school football and more. So make sure you join us for the Wednesday edition of our program. Try to stay cool, and we'll be back tomorrow at 11. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.